Welcome back to the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined as always by Jason Brooks. Uh, for those who are wondering why they didn't have an episode last week, you haven't gone crazy. This isn't a time warp. Fortunately, with schedules, every once in a while, unfortunately, that might happen. And this is the only time we could do it this week, so we're going to give you everything we have. I'm a little under the weather with my voice, but you guys will get the best that we've got. Uh, Jay, how are you doing? Hopefully, you're doing a little better than I am. Yeah, I mean, you sound and look like a dog do, so I'm definitely doing better than you. Um, yeah, looking forward to doing the show and, and talking. I mean, we've missed um, we missed last week, and there's been a lot of news in these last couple of weeks, so I'm looking forward to getting into it. Very cool. Now, I want to start off with, now, you. We've heard, people who've listened to the show in the past know that during the week, there are conversations between me and Jay, and then there are conversations between Eddie Z of the Kitchen Sink Podcast, who, congratulations, they're back. They had a good first show back. Take a listen to them when you get a chance. But Jay and Eddie Z on Facebook get into these arguments that I am smart enough that I stay out of, and then if I think they're juicy enough, I'll bring them up on the show. But Eddie Z brought up this thing where we were all clamoring for Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns last year after the Rumble. And he's now going saying we're all hoping that Bray Wyatt would face The Undertaker. And now a lot of wrestling fans, including myself, aren't enjoying what's going on. Now, I just want to, and I want your opinion on this, Jay, and we can go from here on this, but I'm going to equate this to professional sports. Sometimes you have an A, an A prospect who you think is the greatest thing ever. It goes, you know, maybe a pitcher goes for the first time around the league, strikes out everybody, doesn't get up a run. Second time around the league, he starts to show that he's not as good. You know, the, the league has figured him out. Roman Reigns, last year at WrestleMania, sorry, at, at the Royal Rumble, he looked like a star was born. Unfortunately, over the year since then, he didn't progress the way that most people thought he would. Yes, he got hurt, and I don't think there was a long enough time since he's come back, for him to deserve the spot that he's in. I know it's a work thing, and we're talking about what a billionaire is actually telling people to write about. So I know this isn't, you know, real life. I understand that. But the concept of that, just because we wanted something a year ago, that as time goes by, we see that it's maybe not the best idea out there, it's not the worst thing in the world for us to change our mind, especially when we have proof to show that a guy like Roman Reigns doesn't have it right now. Maybe in a year from now he'll be ready. But due to injury, due to lack of mic skills, due to lack of moveset, due to the crowd sometimes being formed, sometimes not, I think that it's okay for wrestling fans who are fickle to begin with to actually say, you know what, last year we thought he was something. After watching for a year, we might have been wrong or he's not ready for what we thought at that point. Yeah, so he definitely is something. I mean, he's a big physical guy who the crowd gets into when he does his big moves. I don't think he's translated that yet into his matches. He had a great match with Daniel Bryan, and he's done well. He did. He's done well with Rollins, but in general, he hasn't really translated that. He also hasn't translated that on a mic, and I think the WWE doesn't do a good job with him on the mic. He shouldn't be in the ring cutting promos. He really struggles with that. So they haven't really done the best in terms of preparing him for this opportunity. The other thing is, as Corey coughs his head off over there, um, <laughs> the other thing is 
the fans at this point don't believe he's right. And, you know, people have commented that, oh, we, we, we're too snarky and, you know, internet fans and this, this and that and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we should just believe what the product is, te- what the WWE is selling us. But that doesn't happen, right? I mean, there's guys who are always have been around in wrestling who the fans, they reject the character. And then it doesn't matter how much they're shoving the guy down our throats, the fans are rejected the character. And so, I don't, I definitely don't think they're rejecting Reigns as Corey is, is choking. He does not look good right now. Corey, you should take, take a swig of water. Jesus, you sound terrible. Um, I, so as, so the fans have rejected guys for years. They're not rejecting Reigns, but I think the fans aren't, Ready for this. <laughs> Brock has been an unbeatable, unstoppable monster for a year and a half now. So what makes us believe, what makes the fans believe that Roman Reigns, who's won two singles matches on pay-per-view, can beat this guy? I, I don't think they've given us any indication that he can do this. And I also feel like, man, I feel like they're really, really shoving this guy down our throat, not in terms of in terms of whether he's ready for the spot that he's in. We all know he's good. We all know he's improving. We all know he has charisma. But I just don't I don't think the fans believe it. They don't. And their crowd reactions to him. I mean, Cena was over more than him than he was last night. And the whole idea of Cena not being in the main event and fans uh, be, should be happy about that. The fans want to see who they want to see. I mean, the IC title match, I'm excited about that. But the main point is the fans at this point don't believe where Reigns, that Reigns is where he should be. They don't believe that. And they have the right to believe whatever the hell they want to believe. I believe he's not ready for this spot. You believe he's not ready for this spot. And the audience doesn't believe he's ready for this spot. So, you know, whether it's internet fans or, or whatever, the crowds on Raw are not overly enthusiastic about Reigns at this point. And um, as I try to take a deep breath here from slightly maybe dying about 30 seconds ago, um, I don't even know what to say on this anymore. I mean, I think this is one of those interesting that interesting debates that makes it at times annoying to be a wrestling fan, but also times really entertaining because the stories outside the story, you know, the when you when you turn back, you know, when you pull back the curtain, you're seeing one thing. When you pull it back again, we've been seeing you know more. And people like Eddie Z uh, are going to go and look at it one way, and people like me is going to look at it another, and you're going to be somewhere in the middle, I think, most times. And I think that one of the things that they're going to, one of the major problems they're going to have getting more into what's going on right now is after that promo by Paul Heyman, which I think was another really, really, really great promo, and I'm sure after maybe technical problems last week with him going and playing into the idea of them cutting off his mic and with Paul, and with uh, Brock Lesnar saying that he he'll do whatever he wants. If he wants to this summer, unify the WWE and the UFC title, and the way that Reigns... I don't, think it was by, I don't think it was by accident last week, and I don't think it's by accident this week. Oh, definitely not I this week, think... but you thought they were cutting off his mic on uh, 
The amount of times that happened, I thought that might have been some technical problems. I don't know. It was, uh... yeah, yes, because I think it happened with two separate microphones. Because he gave, because I, I rewatched it today. Oh, okay. He gave Jillian the he he got the microphone. That microphone didn't work. He gets another microphone. That microphone stops working too. So I don't think it was technical issues. I think there, I think there's a reason for that. And I, I you know, we can talk about that in a minute. But I think both weeks were on purpose. But you know what? Maybe I'm in the maybe I'm in the minority here, or maybe this is just me hoping for a different situation to help Roman Reigns get over in another way and still be viable after Mania in a major way. But going out of that promo and the way that I've seen things with Reigns, I would and I know it's going to be a, an internet heavy foreign crowd at Mania Mania weekend. But I think Brock Lesnar is coming into that event as the babyface. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, the crowd was cheering during Paul Heyman's promo. There's no doubt that he's the babyface. I mean, he's been the babyface since the Rumble when he went when he had that <laughs> tremendous match. He's absolutely... Because he is a guy. He's the guy. People believe that this guy's going to kick other people's ass, and he really could do it, even if it wasn't scripted. He is the one guy who the fans believe that. I think that's that's starting to turn fans around on the idea that this guy we we like this guy and we want to see this guy kick everybody's ass, including a guy that we don't believe in yet. I, I mean, that's the other factor. They just don't believe in Reigns yet. Um, let's talk about Heyman for a minute and the sure. microphone cutting off. Um, I'm very curious as to see where they go with this. <clears throat> People have speculated in the past. And, and I've kind of brought this idea up about Paul Heyman having a kind of a new dangerous alliance. I'd love to see it. I don't know if that'll happen. Um, and if you guys don't know about the dangerous alliance, that was in, um, a stable in WCW where he had Stone Cold, Rick Rude, Bobby Eaton, a bunch of guys. And it was, it was a great stable, um, great group of wrestlers. I don't know if he'll do that or if that's why they're doing a the microphone thing. It must have to do with the contract stuff. I mean, everybody knows what's going on with Brock. Everybody knows the situation. So maybe that's why they cut the microphone off. But I don't know how they're going to have this all play into the match. Because really what's happening is, it's quite, it almost seems like it's Brock Lesnar going against Brock Lesnar. It's almost like if Brock Lesnar wants to stay, then he's going he's gonna to murder Reigns. And if he doesn't want to stay, then he's going to lose. It doesn't seem like Reigns is really a formidable competitor as much as... I mean, he's lost to Rollins. And that could be because they want to keep Rollins strong, and I get that, against Orton. Um, but I, I just don't see... And maybe, you know, because we read the internet, because we're, you know, we're doing this podcast, I, I really almost feel like it's a Brock Lesnar against the WWE rather than it's Brock Lesnar against Reigns. I love... Uh, Heyman's line when he said, <laughs> I wrote this down, the title doesn't belong to the WWE, it belongs to Brock Lesnar. So it's almost like he'll give the title up when he decides to lose. I mean, it was... So I, I think they really got to figure out... I think there needs to be another element here in the last couple of weeks of this feud. Because the way it's looking, it's like, um, you know, Roman Reigns doesn't have a chance. I agree. Now let me ask you this, and we'll get back to Roman in a second. But do you think that Heyman has reached the Ric Flair type of status where when Ric Flair got into his last couple of years in 
WCW and his WWE run where the fans didn't want to boo him anymore and they just wanted to hear him talk and perform where Heyman is might get the boos just because the fans know they're supposed to be booed but they're going to they're going to he's basically turned into a the fans have turned him into a face yeah i mean I, he's had that for a while you know he's had that for a while i think he's among fans like us you know adult males basically who've been watching for wrestling for a long time. He's well-respected, um, you know, not only the ECW stuff, but just his promos in general have been phenomenal. So I think really, you know, that's a big element of it um, for sure. Um, you know, but I don't know. I, I think I wouldn't say that he's, you know, a baby face, but I, I, the, fans, the fans like him. They respect him. And they don't necessarily want to boo him. So... You know, I, I, it could go either way, really. So if, if let's say Brock resigns, let's say he stays and they're turning him face because that's just what the crowd wants. Does the act work with Paul Heyman as, with Brock Lesnar as a face? Or if Brock's going to be a face, does Heyman have to turn on him at some point with somebody and Heyman's got to be that other factor? And I'm not saying it's got to be, you know, he's got to become Reigns' mouthpiece and Reigns turns or whatever. But if Brock does resign, big if, Brock resigns, and Brock, they realize that there's a face run in him. Does that face run work with Heyman? I think the issue with Brock in terms of being a face is that he doesn't talk, and that he's not a great talker. So I, and, and the WWE has shown they don't always know how to highlight non-talkers very well, i.e. Roman Reigns. Um, so I think... I mean, they can just have him come out there and kill people and kind of, you know, I mean, again, they basically do a CM Punk thing where Heyman turned on CM Punk and, and um, you know, and aligned with Brock Lesnar. You know, that would be, that could be interesting as far as who Heyman aligns himself with. But I think that the one issue is Brock doesn't talk. So I don't really know who his mouthpiece would be. But I think he'd just get over because it's Brock Lesnar. Um, and, and just for the record... Um, Wrestling Observer has reported that it seems like talks have stalled a little bit with um, Lesnar and McMahon. So it's really, really super up in the air what they do. But who knows? Maybe they're throwing they're throwing everybody off and Lesnar's going to re-sign. And they want people to think that Lesnar's going to lose at WrestleMania. So who knows really what's going on there. But I'd say it's still, you know, no better than 50-50 whether he returns. Well, before we move on to a lot of other things, just last thing at least I have on Lesnar. In that Heyman promo on Monday, Heyman, no no pussyfooting around on He brought up the idea that if the authority wants to go and, br- you know, bring out Seth Rollins to cash in his money in the bank, he'll kick his ass, he'll go and beat him too. By throwing out the idea that that can happen, do you think the possibility of that happening now has lessened, you know, because usually when McMahon throws out ideas, it's usually to say, we know what you're thinking and we're going a diff- different direction. Yeah. I mean, they even hinted the week before and we're all about Rollins giving up his money in a bank to be in a three-way. I mean, I, I've, I've enjoyed that, that part of it, the kind of ambiguity with Rollins and what do they do with him and the money in the bank and, can he do the title match and all that other stuff? And 
obviously that was eliminated with Randy Orton, or, you know, basically close to murdering one Raw. That was a very vicious attack. It was uh, pretty good. But um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where they go with it. I think just because they, I don't know. I really don't. It, it's the elephant in the room, and they're mentioning the elephant in the room. Two, the two elephants in the room are that Rollins could cash in and that Lesnar could leave for the UFC or MMA, and they've mentioned both of those. And maybe it could be a matter of them just trying to get the elephants in the room out on the table. I think that it could be that more than, okay, we're not going to have that happen. I think they still could have it happen, and Brock still could leave for the UFC. Uh, so, you know, it could go either way. All right, you, we brought him up in just now a little bit. In passing, let's, let's get to uh, the... How do I put this? Wait, did I did I just did, did that did that beating finally end? Uh, Captain Boring, our our not, well maybe one of your favorites. Not at this point, one of my favorites. Randy Orton, after coming back at the Rumble, decided to play a silly game of pretending to be a part of the Authority for uh, what two shows, and now he decided for you know like twenty minutes at the end of Raw to. I, I mean, couldn't they have made that so, so much of a better? Story absolutely intricate. If they would have brought him back early, I just I hated that it was so short. I mean, we all knew it was going to happen, and Orton played his part really well. But man, they could have just made that longer. I thought, but whatever. But but honestly, has has the uh, has that twelve? How I don't know how long that beatdown was at the end of Raw. But Raw is long to begin with. But when you know you're looking on the DVR, and it's like th- eleven, like fourteen. And that beating is still going down. You're sitting there going, oh, my God. I, I can't take anymore. Raw has just – it's Raw's three hours. I accept that. But – and it's and if it's not a great Raw and Raw is like three hours and 17 minutes, you're, you're pushing your luck there. I'm sorry. It is just a long freaking yeah, show. Like, see, I disagree, though. I like the beating. I like that he took so long. I like that he talked to him. It was very much Randy Orton style. You know, he takes his Ford? time. He's methodical. Except, I mean, it, although it took him two weeks to attack him, but whatever. Um, I, I like that the attack took that long. I like that he was methodical, that he took his time, that he was vicious, that he thought about what he wanted to do. He thought about how he wanted to attack him. Um, so from a psychological standpoint, I really enjoyed that it took. I enjoyed the length of time that it took. I didn't have a problem with that. Um, maybe that weird tag team turmoil thing was a little bit too long, but I really enjoyed the... The attack on Rollins, he really wanted to make it personal on him. The, the one issue that I do have is that Stephanie's the one who ordered the attack. Like, she's the one who ordered it, and so did Triple H. And he's completely ignoring them for Rollins, who was just doing the authorities' bidding. I, I think there's a little hole in terms of that, and maybe they'll address that at some point. Maybe they won't. But um, the attack itself, I thought, was, was, was really well done. Like I said, I thought it was a little bit... Long and maybe, like I said, it's because of the fact that Raw is so long already, and when it continue, when it makes a product that's long to begin with feel like it's never going to end. I guess at the moment it feels like that. But before but, we, but, what do we always? But, 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 oh, I just cut you off real quick. Sorry. Sure, what's up? But what do we always say about stuff? They rush stuff. They don't take long <laughs> enough with stuff. The matches are too short. This is too short. This is this was a a, and I know Raw's long, but this is a a personal attack that this guy's waited five, six months to finally get his hands on this guy. So he wanted to take his time and pick him apart. 
So I think we're confusing the length of time with whether the length of time for the attack was effective. I think the length of time for the attack was effective. What we already know was too too long anyway. I hear you. Now, bef- I don't disagree with you. Maybe it's also because I'm not the biggest fan of, of Randy Orton at this point. But before we move on to some more stuff here, we didn't get you to talk about last week. I just want to get your quick take as an overall segment, what you thought of it. What do you think of Seth Rollins, Jon Stewart, Daily Show? It got them public. I loved it. It gave them publicity I in the mainstream. What do you think of it? Yeah, I loved it. I thought Jon Stewart, one <coughs> Jon Stewart seemed like. Um, he was into it? Uh, he seemed like he was into it. He seemed like a legitimate wrestling fan. Um, he knew guys. Now, who knows? They could have scripted all that stuff for him. But he seemed like he was really into it. Sometimes they have these guys, and they get into the wrestling stuff, and they're celebrities, and they're not really that into it. Like, Hugh Jackman seemed like he was into it. And Stewart was really good. I mean, you know, obviously, he's that's what he does for a living, so he's going to be good at talking. But he was funny. He made some interesting points. I think that the thing that was really interesting that he brought up, and so they brought this up a couple weeks in a row now, with Orton, and he said, Orton, you were better in the mic and on the ring, right, than the two guys that are in the world title match. Why aren't you in the match? I thought that was a really, really interesting line, and I really hope they play more into that, even if Orton takes Rollins on. I just think there's a lot they can do with Rollins in terms of money in the bank and why he's not there and blah, blah, blah. I thought it was really well done. I, I, I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was one of the better segments of Raw. Do you think this... And I think... Should, and I think Yes, if the celebrity thing could be whatever. They didn't do too much. They didn't wrestle a freaking match. You know, it was just well done. It was good publicity. It was fun. Um, and I, I thought it was it was good. And, and they also brought up interesting points about rounds and the money in the bank and that story as well. All right. Now, everyone keeps on talking about the possibility of turns either direction in the world title match. Now, do you think there's a possibility with all the stuff that has been said by people to Seth Rollins over the last couple of weeks that the turn that we get is Roman Reigns either joining the authority or joining Heyman and Rollins leaving the authority to finally the voices, you know, being enough that he goes and decides he's going to cash in when Roman Reigns wins and he's the... And he's your face champion, or do you think it's too early for something like that to happen? Well, they're definitely teasing ascension within the authority, or descension within the authority, um, in terms of this Kane Big Show thing, which hopefully they just never come back. <laughs> um, I mean, God bless the guys. I want them to have jobs, but ugh, I'm just I'm all set. Um, you know, we always speculate that there's so many different ways they could go with something, and then they just do whatever they do. But the Rollins reigns, you know, they have some really interesting options if they choose to to go with them. I think if they just stick to the script, it, you know, have, having Reigns win and, and, and whatever, I think the fans are going to buy into that. I think they should use the options they have. Reigns isn't, well, isn't, super liked by the fans at this point. He's kind of a, I almost would say like a mid-card baby face at this point where the fans don't totally believe in him, but a lot of them like him, you know, that sort of thing. Rollins could, is a top heel and probably the top heel in the company other than uh, Brock Lesnar. 
do you then turn him baby face and really hurt him or, or hurt the company as far as not having enough heels because they don't really have enough heels? So I don't know if they go that direction with Rollins. Also, you would think that after the WrestleMania match, Orton and Rollins may do something at Extreme Rules to keep that feud going. So I don't know if they even have Rollins cash in the money in the bank. Um, and that leads me to believe that maybe they won't. Um, so I think they're probably just going to stick to the formula. And they're probably going to have Reigns win and Rollins not cash the money in the bank. Or Rollins tries to cash it in and Orton stops him. Something like that. Um, but I do see Reigns winning the title. And that's what they're gonna. That's how they're going to go. Two more Raws left before we find out what happens there. Um, let's let's move on to, I guess, uh, another big big thing going on in WWE right now, and that is, in my opinion, the lack of true interest in the rest of this card. I mean, I know you're a big. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of the majority of guys that are going. to... You can give me your opinion on a second, but I'm a big fan of the guys who are in this IC title ladder match. But I'm not. I love Sting, but I'm really not into the Sting. Uh, who knows? Who knows who was actually the voice of Sting in that promo? Because I don't think that was Sting. Uh, Sting Triple H, Bray Wyatt. I like, but I'm really. I don't really. I'm not really feeling the Bray Wyatt Undertaker. We're gonna have what a fatal four way for the for the tag team titles. The Bellas versus Paige and AJ Lee, who's back. I mean, what excites me on this show? I'll put it this way. if And I say this a lot. If the name WrestleMania was not on this show and it wasn't $9.99, us just turning on our PS4 or, you know, our computer or whatever we're going to do, would you be running to see this show right now? No. Jay? Yeah, I mean, I agree. And, and that's what I brought up to, to Eddie Z on Facebook, and that's where our arguments started. And he started talking about looking at it when we were a kid and all, all that other stuff. I mean, when I was a kid, when um, Sergeant Slaughter went against Hulk Hogan, remember that WrestleMania? And I thought it wasn't a great show. I was like, I'm not really that excited about WrestleMania. And I was a kid then, and now I'm a grown-ass man. I still watch wrestling. But I, I, I think <clears throat> a couple of things. One, the Sting thing has been weird. We got the fake, uh, what we thought was a fake Sting in the lead up to this. Now we're getting Sting's voice, but it doesn't sound like him at all. We haven't seen Sting. He hasn't really said why he wants to beat Triple H up because he's waited 14 years and whatever. I, I think the video package was not that effective. I think Bray having to carry this feud against The Undertaker on his own is... You know, he's struggling. I wouldn't say he's struggling because Bray Wyatt's doing the best with the work, with the words that he's given. But I would say that I'm not really that excited about it. Um, and, I, I, and you know, what we've heard, it, the rumors and things like that is they're waiting for The Undertaker to make an appearance at WrestleMania. That's when he's going to make an appearance because they want to make it seem more special and they want fans basically to pay to see The Undertaker. And I get that, but I still feel like you want to see the guy before he steps foot, you know, in the ring. Also, there's not, what is the overarching theme of this pay-per-view? The overarching theme is that Brock Lesnar might leave. 
That's literally the overarching theme of this pay-per-view, is what's going to happen to Brock Lesnar. So that's the other issue. The IC title match, love it. Love that they're making it a ladder match. Love that they're giving it more credence on SmackDown. Love that the guys that are in it, love that they kind of waited for Daniel Bryan to get in it and they're trying to make him feel like a bigger star, waiting for him, whether he accepts and whether he's in there. So I like that too. They make him, they're making him feel a little bigger. I, you know, the whole idea where fans are saying, well, Daniel Bryan was in the main event. So now this year he's not, it's a big deal. I don't think it's a big deal. I, I think that the ladder match could be good. I know we've talked about this. I think you and I talked about Daniel Bryan and doing his being in a ladder match after his neck injuries. I think he's fine as long as he's safe and doesn't do stupid crap on the ladder. I think he'll be fine. But I love that they're highlighting the IC title. Um, So some of the matches I think could be good. The tag, Divas tag match, you know, be fine. The Battle Royal will be fine. Corey, I'll be honest with you. The Sting Triple H thing, I could care less. I could, I could, I absolutely could care less. I don't care who wins. I think Triple H has had some pretty good promos, especially the one with Flair. The one with Booker T was whatever. Booker T just kept repeating himself. I, I think it was, you know, whatever. Sting has not done anything uh, other than fake Sting and a fake voice and whatever. I have no interest in the match. I could care less what, who wins. And <laughs> with Brock Lesnar and Reigns, I'm just waiting to see if Brock stays or not. Um, so, I don't know. What is the, the the overarching theme of this show is that Brock is going to leave. That's it. Because other than that, who cares about the who cares about the card? Who who cares about the matches? The IC title match, you know, we'll see. I think it'll be a fun match. A Divas tag team match, who cares? Where where the Divas are dressed up as the Bellas are dressed up as the Flintstones? I mean, who cares? Um, so I think there's too many matches on the card that the results don't really matter. And I think that's the issue. I think that's the issue. So WrestleMania will be fine. It'll be a good show um, as usual, but I just, I don't see the, I don't really see, I don't see a reason why. Why do you want to pay to see the show? Why would you want to pay to see this show, Corey? Honestly, I mean, when, when we first heard that Sting was coming back, that was something that was interesting to me. They've done nothing really to make me actually care about that. And and it's widely known. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, but like you said, it's the idea of, does is this Brock's you know second to last show? Do they go and uh, make Rollins the man in, this, in that WrestleMania weekend? You know, either cashing in at Mania or the next night. That world title match, and it's not because of the the match itself. It's the all the repercussions of the match. That's what I really care about. And it's sad to say that. And I think one of the things that has really affected my interest, I think your interest a little bit, at this point, all we hear every year is Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. It goes into hyperdrive. Who cares for the other... 10 months out of the year, what shit they, they they try to throw at the wall. Vince McMahon, when it comes to that five-week build from Rumble to Mania, they get the best shows of the year. It's their best work. It's their best effort. If this is what Vince McMahon and company's best effort is right now, I am not trying to be super negative, which I know it comes across a lot of times because I'm just 
you know, I'm somewhat negative. But if this is the best he can throw against the wall at the most important time of the year, sorry to say, it's not ageism, but maybe it's time for Vince McMahon to go and give up a little control because if this is the best he's going to do, if there, if it wasn't nine ninety nine, I wouldn't be running on that Sunday to go and watch Mania. Place closed. I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I think the Raws have been okay. They haven't been bad shows. I, I like some of the shows that we had after the Survivor Series. I thought were were putrid. Okay. I don't think the shows have been bad, but I think the shows have really been missing something. Like. And again, I'm going to go back to people going to say, oh, Daniel Bryan, you just like Daniel Bryan. But it wasn't that I liked Daniel Bryan, which I do. I love the story. I love where this guy came from, that he was legitimately held down by McMahon. How all these things, and how the fans rose up and wanted to see this guy succeed in everything that he overcame. I mean, it was a great story. We don't have a great story. We don't. They, they have not given us a great story. They are trying to manufacture a great story with Reigns, but we're not buying it. When Heyman comes out there and says, he, you know, Reigns, you know, comparing to Bruno San Martino and Stone Cold and Hulk Hogan, come on. He's wrestled two matches, two singles matches on pay-per-view, and we're comparing to Stone Cold Steve Austin? I, I just, I, I don't believe it. And I don't believe the story. And the story is not good enough. It's not. And for whatever reason, the story is not good enough. And that's the issue. Your main event has to be a great story. And it's not. It's just, it just isn't. And I like Reigns. It, it, just, he's not doing it for me right now. And more importantly than Reigns, is the story is seems manufactured and the story isn't doing it for me. And I think that's part of the reason why they're doing this thing with WWE, you know, the UFC stuff. Because they know that the fans don't totally believe this story. So I, I don't know. They've got a couple of weeks to figure it out. Um I you know, I thought the fans were kind of popped for reigns when they did the thing last week with the authority where he speared everybody. But that's when they get in the rings, when he does these high-impact moves. But when he's cutting, you know, promos in the ring, they, they don't care about him. So we'll see where it goes. I agree. Um, moving on, like I said, I think that I really think, like you just said, it's a one. It feels like a one-match show. It might be a good show. Maybe with two rows left, they'll. I doubt it at this point, but with Raw, two two shows left, maybe they'll do something that sparks interest. Maybe. Um, Undertaker coming out or Sting coming out and using his real voice. Maybe they'll do something that will get us into this. They, into should, have the, they should have the fake Sting come out using the real Sting's voice and, like, lip-sync him. What is this, El Parker? <laughs> I think it'd be great. Like, to this point. I'm sorry, Lub Parker, the, uh, the, chairman of the, the chairman of WCW. Um, yes. God, I can't believe I remember that gimmick. Um... Let's see, some other things going on this week. Oh, last two weeks, I guess. I guess we should just comment a little bit on the uh, the Bill DeMott situation with WWE Developmental. I think that's a big story that it was him leaving uh, got a little bit less buzz because it was done like any media group would do, was 
done on a Friday afternoon when the news cycle is basically becoming the weekend and people aren't as in tuned. Bill DeMott, formerly known as Hugh Morris, uh, Captain was it Captain Rection or whatever it was, many different names that he was. But he was the head trainer in uh, FCW, I believe OVW also, and then with the Performance Center. Uh, some allegations have come out of racist comments, uh, I guess bullying, uh, training methods that went on. We've heard some, if you've listened to the MLW uh, podcast with uh, Doc Gallows, who at one point in WWE was known as Sex Ferguson, where he had some antics that he was asked to do to get out of having to do uh, warm-ups with, let's just say, there was a reason called he was called Sex Ferguson. Feel bad for Zack Ryder at that point. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that went on there. And the as of right now, we on the interim, uh, Jason Albert uh, character will be the new interim head trainer at, at the Performance Center. We'll see what's interesting where it goes from there. But it's amazing. A company that is so be a star campaign and everything else. They allow so much stuff to supposedly go on in their own backyard, you know, and it's it's good to see that this is they've done something. But, you know, you wonder how much has been done at this place that we don't know about. Yeah. So, a lot, you know, the one thing that I found interesting about this story is I don't know about you, but I've heard about these Bill DeMont stories forever. You know, these stories have been out there about things that he's done about, um, you know, racial allegations. Um, Eva Lee, who's now at, in Lucha Underground, looking fantastic. Um, you know, she's mentioned things about him. Um, uh, you know, Ethan Carter III, now in TNA, he's mentioned things about him. And this has been a long time. I mean, I, I feel like it's been years that we've heard things about him and things that he's done. And for a publicly traded company especially, to have kept the guy on like this for so long, um, it's really, really interesting. And, you know, I'm, we're hearing rumors that they're gearing up for lawsuits and that people may sue them based on DeMond's actions. I just don't know how, and, you know, again, I, I like the fact Prince Albert, Tenzai, um, is going to now be the head trainer. But I, I think it's really, really interesting that they kept this guy on for so long, knowing all the things that have happened. And supposedly, you know, they've investigated claims of people who have levied allegations against them, and then they're released a few weeks or months later. So, you know, this has been really, really a fascinating story that they took so long to finally handle this guy. You know, maybe part of it is NXT is really becoming more popular and people really learning more about the developmental organization. You know, really, who knows why? And, you know, there's been some more letters published about things that he's done. But, you know, it's good that he's gone because I really didn't hear anything great about him um, as a trainer, just kind of all these negative allegations. And let's be honest. I mean, taking away the idea of the... The stance that this company takes on bullying and everything else. Pretty much everyone who is has there really been anyone who has come up through developmental that you could really say that you Morris was the backer of. Maybe you could say Roman Reigns, but all these other guys were indie guys who learned majority of their stuff 
before they got to WWE. I mean, it wasn't like when he was helping down years ago at the power plant in WCW where there was all these guys who were coming up turning into stars. So, I mean, it makes you wonder how close of a friend... I mean, and it has been said that him and uh, Triple H were, are, you know, are buddies. But you, you wonder, if this was anybody else, how long he would be able to keep this job with all this stuff going on. I mean, Colt Cabana has, you know, has come out against this guy recently, also saying, you know, he was, you know, told racist things and other elements. I mean, I know I know, right now... Coca Ban is not exactly the biggest, you know, the biggest supporter of that company, especially the fact he's getting sued by, you know, one of their employees, which we'll talk about another time. But the Bill DeMott thing, I think, is very interesting. And to see, like you said, as a publicly traded company, where they go from here and how much rope does Jason Albert, I know that is not, I, I believe his real name is Matt Bloom, so I do apologize that. But Jason Albert's storyline character wise, how much of a rope he's going to get, especially who he's following. And how closely they're going to be looking into, you know, what he's doing, especially the fact on, you know, the awesome podcast and press and uh, press conferences. Triple H's and I believe McMahon both said that there is a direct feed in at least Triple H's office that he could turn on at any point and watch what's going on in NXT developmental in the performance center. So, you know, you got to think if there's cameras in there now, everyone's going to be on their best behavior. But you know, how much? Well, well maybe that's what happened. Maybe there were cameras in there and they saw Bill DeMott do something that he shouldn't have done. I think the cameras have been in there since they built this performance center. I don't think Vince knows what the hell's going on in the performance center. I don't know if he knows what's going on. Watching. But... Yeah, so it's very, very interesting. Um, so speaking of NXT and speaking of indie wrestlers and their development, there's a story being reported by the Wrestling Observer that the WWE is becoming more interested in some of the Ring of Honor wrestlers. And they're more open-minded about the Ring of Honor wrestlers. And we know, and I mean, we've seen evidence of it, that they're trying to become more of a touring brand. They're going to be in the ECW arena May 15th and 16th. And they're really almost trying to become, and you mentioned this a while ago, and I kind of poo-pooed you, but they're almost becoming a separate entity. Now, money-making-wise, they're still under the same umbrella, but I don't see why they can't have this be, you know, we talked about ECW back in the day and they tried to make an ECW under the WWE umbrella. And that was a, basically a disaster, but why couldn't they have NXT be a brand onto itself under the WWE umbrella? People are already enjoying it. People are already, you know, enjoying the product. So I, I don't know. I, I think it could be interesting. You, you could almost have, and I, I've typed this in my notes, NXT could be becoming the biggest indie in the United States. And on a WWE.com, uh, they actually were surveying, uh, giving fan surveys online to see what independent companies they watched. They mentioned, you know, Evolve and Ring of Honor and uh, PWG, uh, Wrestling Gorilla, all, all these. It was crazy. So, I mean, I guess, what are your overall thoughts on NXT becoming almost its own independent organization? Well, before I do that, I just want to know, do you have anything else you want to tell us about this umbrella? <laughs> it's the same one that you can buy on the TNA website for forty nine ninety nine, the Willow umbrella. 
very remember that very Willow nice. umbrella umbrella for fifty dollars you could buy it. Remember, you guys may not know Willow. He's an Impact wrestler, <laughs> Jeff Hardy's character, and he had this umbrella. They tried to sell the umbrella on uh, TNA's website. The umbrella was like fifty dollars. Anyway, whatever. Okay. What are your thoughts about the umbrella? Jeez, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I heard you say umbrella like six times. I decided to throw that in there. I don't have that many times to do that this episode. Uh, as I choked to death again in about 30 seconds. Um, well, my big thing is, if you're going to do that, pay these guys in NXT. You don't have to pay them nearly as much as they're going to make on the main roster. But if, you know, a guy like Sami Zayn, Andrea Neville, Samoa Joe, who we'll talk about in a moment if he does come in, these guys, if they're going to start touring and these guys are going to be the mainstays of this developmental brand, and I think if you're going to start touring... These are the type of people, the Kevin Steens, the Finn Balors. I think they might have to stay there a little bit longer until the brand is big enough for people that aren't that are going to the shows and aren't thinking they're just seeing a super indie at this point. I think guys, like I said, like Sami Zayn, Kevin Steen, Finn Balor. Wait, 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 hold, wait, hold on. You said something interesting. I'm just going to cut you over. You said fans feel like they're going to see a super indie. The fans, Corey, want to see a super indie. They had a match um, right back in the big show wrestled on one of these NXT house shows. And booed them out of the building. They want to see a super indie. That's what. That's the product that they're they're promoting to the fans. They're promoting a, a basically a super indie. I, so I don't know that the term super indie is a bad thing in terms of promotion of NXT. I, NXT. I agree with that. But I'm saying, though, if you're going to promote it as that, as, you know, somewhat of as a separate brand... And guys, and maybe we're, maybe I'm wrong. If you're going to promote this, I think you got to maybe keep some of the guys that the people know about on that roster for a long period, longer period of time. And if Sami Zayn's not going to be promoted to the main roster, the guy is definitely good enough to be there. I want this guy to maybe not get main roster money, but I want him to get some sort of boost in pay to the fact that he's going to be down there as, you know, their, their A guy. Yeah, I know Kevin Steen or Kevin Owens might have the title and they're going different directions, but... When guy, when people go to Full Sail University, one of the main guys they're going to see there is Sami Zayn, and if that's the, and if that's stopping him from making main event level, of, you know, main card level money, and staying on development his developmental deal, there's push, there's plus and minuses, you know. So I mean, I love the idea that it's becoming it could some separate brand that bring people more notoriety, and if they go to east, you know, down the east coast, and come to you know come to the. Uh, the ball, you know, the Hammerstein Ballroom or something like that, or I don't even know if it exists anymore, the Westchester Civic Center. I think you've been to a show there as a, at one point when you lived in, uh, the, in in Yonkers back in the My day. My high school graduation was at the Westchester Civic Center. We had so many people graduate, they had to put it in a damn Civic Center. <laughs> but you know what? If, if they're going to go there, I think people are going to expect to see the guys that they've been watching either on Hulu or in WWE Network. And if that's the case with this touring brand right now, you need to keep some of these "quote unquote" stars, who mostly deserve to be there for the next level, at some at least for the beginning. They're gonna have to stay down there. Uh, this is what I'm gonna say about that. I, I agree, but I disagree. I think if you keep the guys down there to do this touring brand, make them a separate band, you have to you have to pay them more. You know, I, but they don't really have to pay them more. They could kind of do whatever they, they want they're under contract. But the other thing is. Corey, the people who are coming in there, the Finn Balors, the Hideo Tommy's, Kenta, the Kevin Steens, Kevin Owens, the Sami Zayn, 
the reason why these guys are so popular off the bat is the fans already know them from these other independent organizations. So if Kevin Owens did leave when Adam Cole went there, they fans would all know about Adam Cole. Maybe chatting Adam Cole before he got there. Adam Cole, so baby. Adam Cole, baby. So I don't know that they actually need to leave the guys down there in terms of marketing for their product, because I think if they do what we've been reading about Ring of Honor, and it makes sense why they're looking to get more of these guys that the fans recognize that they're going to tour. Um, I think you could have the Sami Zayn's and then Adrian Neville's and these guys leave and go to the main roster and NXT will still be fine. The thing that they're going to have to maintain no matter what is a certain level. They can't, it can't, I mean, you can't have Blake and Buddy Murphy out there every week. I mean, and those guys are fine, but they're going to have to have big indie guys starring the show. So, however that works out. So you have Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens move up. You have Adam Cole and, you know, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, one of my dudes. You got those guys moving. They're going to have to have strong indie guys at the top because their whole thing is they're branding themselves as basically super indie. So they need to maintain that level. I agree. Um, Let's see. So we brought up his name on our last show, and I think it's time to bring him up again especially if we're talking a little NXT. And uh, Samoa Joe, he was at the Ring of Honor 13th anniversary show. He went and challenged uh, Jay Briscoe for the title. I'm I'm guessing that's going to happen. He's working limited dates there, just like uh, El Patron Del Rio, who I think is almost done. If he's going to do this limited thing and then go to WWE Developmental, being in uh, NXT, how excited are you for that? And do you? Th- how long do you think he should have to stay there? Or do you think if they're a touring brand, he becomes one of the guys that you go there to see? I mean, and that's what we're talking about, right? You have, you know, Sami Zayn and Neville. These guys are going to move up to the main roster, and a guy like Samoa Joe slides right in. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Joe. He's a very unique talent. Uh, same with Kevin Owens. And they are pushing him to the moon. Um, so I see them pushing Samoa Joe as the big guy. I think he's going to go there. And I think fans are going to be totally into him. I mean, he's one of the biggest indie wrestlers out there. And he was in on a big stage as much as we rip Impact Wrestling. They, they were a big stage. They still had a million people watch the show every week. So people know who he is. And uh, I see him going in and making an impact in NXT immediately. How Vince sees them, that's the problem. How Vince sees these guys and how Triple H sees these guys, I think are completely different. But, again, if we're talking about NXT and his impact and what they'll do with them, I think it'll be phenomenal. And I think I can't wait. And, but this is the thing, Corey. Are we more excited to see Samoa Joe in NXT or are we more excited to see Samoa Joe in the WWE? Interesting. Um, I think it's seeing Samoa Joe in NXT at first and then seeing how Samoa Joe will be treated on the main roster and seeing some of these classic matches that we saw, you know, maybe you've seen now, but I was able to see because I got to ROH a little bit earlier, you know, some of those dream matches that we get to see again, him against Cesaro at that time, Castillo, 
Castillo, him against Brian, you know, Daniel Bryan, who at that time was Brian Danielson. Seeing some of those dream matches, seeing him against, you know, John Cena, which I'm sure they faced a couple of times when they were both starting out in California. Um, I think there's interesting parts on both, but I think the general idea is seeing Joe, what he does against competition that people, most people thought that he would never be given the chance to go up against. And for the record, we don't know for sure that he's gone to the WWE, I don't believe. But reports are strongly linking him to the WWE. So that that's kind of where we're getting that, that from. So, and if you haven't had a chance to see Samoa Joe, I know we have people who listen to our show who don't watch a lot of indie wrestling. <coughs> I would definitely go back and watch some of Samoa Joe's work. He's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, we'll, we'll see where they go with him if he does go to the WWE, which we're thinking. Corey, right now, be honest with you, I'm much more excited to see him in NXT. I think the main roster is where the wrestlers go to die, mm. for the most part, uh, because I think Vince really struggles. And I think a guy like Joe, a guy like Kevin Owens, I don't know if Vince is going to know what the hell to do with these guys. Are they big guys? Are they fat guys? What do you do with them? The one guy can't talk that well. I mean, he's not going to know what the hell to do with these guys. I mean, as much as we, you know, the Justin Gabriel was released and he's been kind of doing an interview circuit, he was good in the ring. And they could have done something with him. And so, uh, Drew McIntyre. I mean, so many guys. So, we'll see. But at this point, I'm definitely more excited to see Joe in NXT because I know he'll be looked at as a big-time guy. Now, before we get to... uh... I think most likely our last topic of the day, Ray Mysterio. I want to bring up one thing about Joe. And we spoke about this when it happened, and I was a little bit more shocked. And you said because of age and everything else, this is the reason why they didn't bring him in. But if you're, let's say that uh, the way I first heard it was Sean Radican, uh, PWTorch.com. So I first heard the story about Joe coming in to possibly for the WWE. But we had a guy who left TNA. The face of that company about a year beforehand, who was, what, 37 years old, AJ Styles? Everybody thought he was too old to go there. I'd really like to know, what what's the big difference between a guy who, because I might be slightly wrong on the ages, 37, who's in tremendous shape. Well, yes, he's got a southern drawl. Uh, and a guy who's 36, who who people don't, may not know what I look like. But looks like, you know, Samoa Joe, maybe he'll get back in really good shape, but looks like a butterball. And everyone says over the last couple of years he's gone in worse and worse shape physically. I understand that, you know, maybe Joe has, maybe he's got some, I would think he would have had more supporters if, yes, our one mention of him for the day, CM Punk was one of his best friends was still in the company. But maybe, Jay, you could explain to me, what's the difference between an in-shape 37-year-old and a, th- a guy who's about to become 36, who, like I said, looks more like me than he looks like, you know, the, the normal guy who's in good shape in, in most companies. I think the WWE, I think they fucked up. I think they made a mistake. And I think the idea, not signing stuff, AJ, I think they messed up. And I think when you look at it from a standpoint of, I also think another factor is that they're starting to do this touring thing, and NXT has exploded to a level that I don't think Paul Triple H and the WWE, they, I don't think they thought it was going to explode to the level that it is. And I think because of that, 
they did not sign AJ. I mean, they had um, the Wolves on their, their programming as well. And Corey, it was the best match the Ascension has had. <laughs> I mean, they wrestled the Ascension on an NXT show. Um, it was last December, I want to say. Um, so not la- so not last December, the December before last. And it was a really fun 13-minute show or a 13-minute match. And Triple H said that the guys were too small. Um, and I think at the time, that's what he thought. But I, I I also think the WWE, I mean, the wrestling has evolved so much. And it's funny, I was thinking about this. There just aren't that many big guys anymore. Most of the guys are 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", tops, and 240 pounds, 230 pounds, 220 pounds. That's where wrestling's really going. And I think maybe they thought AJ was too small or whatever the situation was. But I think with the way NXT has exploded, I think if AJ was a free agent now, they would sign him in three seconds. I think they would sign him in three seconds. Um, but the, I, they messed up. They did not anticipate how much NXT was going to explode, I think. Um, and I'd I, I say that those are the two main factors um, as to why... They're signing Joe and did not sign AJ. I think it's a great question, though. I mean, like I said, I mean, it's always, you know, it's always hindsight 2020 or whatever the, the terminology is. Sure. But like I said, as we were talking about this, I'm going, all right, they're going to sign a guy who's not that much younger than uh, than AJ. And, AJ. and maybe this is idea because AJ's maybe had the best year of his career. And, you know, this run in New Japan and maybe... I you know been watching stuff on New Japan World, great value, um, but I don't know. I'm sitting there going, you know, he was on the Ring of he was on the Ring of Honor show against ACH. They had a pretty good match. Um, I'm just looking at going. If this is what you, if this is what you're going to do, AJ Styles should. I mean, I think that he would have been good enough that six months he'd be out of NXT. <laughs> but if you're bringing in Joe, you should have brought in AJ and. You know, at the time you thought it was a TNA bias, you know, a lot of people say, you know, guys leave TNA, they're not going to be able to get a job more than likely with WWE because they think they have too many bad habits. I thought it was his age. I thought it was his age. I thought it was strictly his age. I really did. I mean, and, you know, 37 years old, we thought too old. that Maybe the the TNA bringing in the TNA guys, that, that may have been a factor too. And I think Triple H may have even mentioned that in the past. But they, they really, you know, and that could be maybe the third factor. And now they're like, listen, we're going to make this a strong brand, so we need to be more open to different guys. But it sounds like Triple H has some sort of plan in place. And um, I'm excited to see what they do with NXT. I really am. I, at this point, I'm more excited to see NXT than I am almost anything else. <laughs> so... The way that you sound right now is you almost, I mean, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but you almost don't want the, as much as you'd like to see personal growth of these guys, Chris, see what they can do on the next level, but it sounds like you almost want, you know, the Adrian Nevilles, the Sami Zayn's, the Charlottes to stay in NXT as a, because you really like what they do there, but also you think they're, the product is better for them, most likely, right? Well, I think the product is absolutely better for them. Um, I want to see the guys in the main roster, I want to see what they do. Um, so I feel like they deserve to get a chance to go into the main roster, and I think NXT should continue to be a developed, but, but, but I'll say this, if they can establish NXT as a quote-unquote super indie, 
and the guys are paid pretty good money, and maybe they could have, you know, they they already have legitimate pay per views, but maybe they could expand. They could be in bigger arenas and bigger. I mean, if that's possible, then hell yeah, I'd rather see them stay in NXT if they could make almost the same money as they would on the main roster. Of course. And I'll tell you the other thing is these guys in the main roster would be clamoring to go to NXT. And that would, and, and I think, I also think, Corey, that's when you can see the divide start with Triple H and Vince. Because people are going to say, I don't want to be on these, this main roster with all the crap I'm giving when I could go to NXT. And if you saw Alex Riley, uh, you know, and again, the show was yesterday on Wednesday. If you guys get a chance, listen to his promo. It was phenomenal. Um, him talking about where he was and the fight that he has and the passion he has for the business is the best promo maybe I've heard, you know, in a few weeks. I mean, it was phenomenal. So, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but when when push comes to shove, I don't think you really want to see Kevin Steed versus uh, Riley. I'm just saying. I don't don't want to see that. But but why not? I mean, yes, Riley could always talk. And he needs to get better in the ring. I mean, his match he had was was okay against CJ Parker. But why not? If this guy can talk and he's rejuvenated, why why would we dismiss him? I thought he had a chance when he was on the main roster before because he could talk. And he was a good athlete and stuff. I think he got a little too big, to be honest with you. Um, But from when I saw him on Wednesday. But still, he's got potential and he can talk. And he's not horrible in the ring. Why couldn't we see him? I, I don't know. And I think he could also help some of these guys, these indie guys who can't talk to Adrian Nevels and the guys who can't talk as well. Look at Sami Zayn's development as a character, where he kind of came from and the promos he's cutting. And he was on NXT um, last week, and it, you know, just kind of cutting a promo about where he is and his whereabouts and everything. It's Corey. It's just it's just it's such a good show. It really is, and um, I'm I'm so excited about NXT. I really am. Absolutely, I agree, and uh, I'm really enjoying what they're doing with Cass and uh, Enzo, from what I've seen, bada bing, bada bang, best best podcast in the world, that's all I'm saying, but you know, whatever. Let, let's move on to, uh, as I get the rolling eyes from the guy who loves saying umbrella 47 times in like a two-minute sentence, uh, let, let's talk about the guy who, before we went on our mini-vacation, as it would seem, we all knew we wanted to get out, but we didn't know what was going to happen. Rey Mysterio Jr. may be the greatest luchador, luchador that we've seen on American TV, you know, in the last 20 years or so, is finally free, which means that I, I'm guessing Callisto and Sakara are the only uh, Hispanic wrestlers maybe left on, in the company, which doesn't say exactly that much for uh, racial equality uh, when it comes to the working place there, because I don't know if, I don't know if uh, Camacho still has a job. I haven't seen him in a while. But Camacho is, I don't think Camacho's even Hispanic. That's he, right. He's, he's Haku's kid. He's not Haku. I think he's um, from Tonga. Yes. Is, uh, so he's not even, he wasn't even a Hispanic. That's, that's how little Hispanic they had. They had to make up a guy that he was Hispanic, and then they released him. Go yes, ahead. we've got Rosa Mendez, who, who could barely uh, could barely complete a uh, sentence, and we've got, you know, the Cologne brothers under masks. But um, Rey Mysterio is a free agent now. He's already signed to work a couple of big shows with AAA. It sounds like it's only a matter of time before he's going to be on Lucha, Lucha Underground. I'm sure rumors will come up if he'll uh, 
take TNA, you know, his money, which no one else appears to want to do. Um, what's your thoughts on Rey Mysterio finally getting his freedom from uh, WWE? And how much, if you even knew about it, how much are you looking forward to that uh, MLW podcast at WrestleMania where he talks to uh, Court Bauer and, you know, Conan about, I guess, all the things that went on there? I mean, I might be looking forward to that more than his matches. I think Mysterio, really, the last couple of years, he's gained weight. He hasn't looked... I mean, he wore the same tight shirts that he's always worn, and God bless him, but he's, you know, he's gained a little weight. Um, his matches haven't been as good. He's struggled with injuries. Um, you know, this is the Ray Mysterio that we saw in WCW and the, the Eddie Guerrero feud and some of the other things that he's done that were tremendous. Um, his title run... I don't think this is the same guy. He says he's healthy. Um, you know, we've heard that. And, you know, maybe working a more limited schedule will help him and help his body. But, I mean, he is a, I don't know, even know how old he is, 40-something-year-old man. No, he's, he's in his 30s. Are you serious? Absolutely. And uh, just to interrupt you for a second, just because, you know, every once in a while I got to throw comedy in our seriousness, I thought we were done talking about Samoa Joe. Wow, that, that went over like a fart in church. Okay. Um, but you were talking about, you know, fat guys. He, he, by the way, he was born he was born in he was born in seventy four. Okay. So he, so he is forty years old. He just he, so he just eleventh was his birthday, the same birthday as my as my mom. Um Okay, so I thought he was in his late thirties. Okay, he just turned forty. Yeah, so not uh, close enough. But I mean he's a forty year old man who's had a lot of injuries, who's small, who works a I mean you know, he's not Triple H, where he could work this kind of slow, methodical style. But Randy Orton, he, he can wrestle till he's 50. I mean, he wrestles this slow, methodical style. Um, am I looking forward to seeing Mysterio? I mean, I don't I don't know, I guess. Um, you know, I, I just think his run the last couple of years at WWE has really left something to be desired. And I feel like he may be more of a guy who is more going to be living off of his past than anything I'm really looking forward to seeing him in the future. And I know that sounds hard, but I think at his age, with his injury history, it may be difficult to generate the type of matches we're used to seeing from him. I mean, I can't disagree with that. I mean, I, mean, I think if, if you see him do a shot, like in Ring of Honor or something, I think that his name puts, you know, I, I know we're talking about two different things for a second. I think his name puts the proverbial butts in the seats. I think his name is still a big enough draw on the independence where he'll uh, mean something for a little while. Do I think he's got the potential to do what Patron and Styles and what Joe might be able to do on the indies right now before Joe possibly goes to the, you know, developmental for the WWE? No, but I think it's a very interesting thing to see. I think he'll make, I think he'll make more money than those guys. I think he's asking for like twenty grand uh, an appearance. Yeah, I think he'll definitely make more money than those guys. I don't think he, the matches and things will be the same. But, I mean, he's, you know, he's a very, very famous wrestler who's been in our, in our, um, Consciousness? In our homes on TV for 20 years. I mean, almost 20 years. So, you know, he's going to make, going to make money on the independence for sure. And we've already saw that his first uh, surprise was this past weekend, I believe it was, at House of Hardcore 8, where he uh, was there for uh, Tommy Dreamer's uh, promotion. Uh, so, you know, like I said, I, I expect him to, to see him 
not a ton, but you know, I think if we see him a show with him's coming up, you know, for Triple Mania, and you can watch it for a reasonable amount of money either on YouTube or an iPay per view, I think they'll think Triple. I think Triple Triple A will get its biggest, you know, numbers for a show in a long time. You know, I, the first show he's going to be on the the Ray El Ray show with uh, teaming in a trios, I believe, with uh, El Patron and the original Mystico, who's was the first Sin Cara. So, I mean, I see there's there's money there to be made, and I think it's going to be very, like you said, I think it's most likely more interesting to see what he says when he gives, hopefully gets his side of the story when he's on with, like I said, at WrestleMania weekend with this Wale Mania thing that MLW Radio is doing. I know that, you know, you don't want to pump, you know, pump other podcasts up a lot, but I think that's going to be an interesting listen. I think people should go out of their way to listen to that show on, uh, WrestleMania weekend that they're going to be doing with uh, the rapper Wale. He's going to, you know, they're going to be doing a whole diet thing with him and Rey Mysterio. So I think that should be an interesting listen. Uh, before we get out of here, unless you have something, I want to go and just say one thing. I'm sure you didn't see it, but these are things that drive me insane when it comes to wrestling. Here we go. More than, you know, the lack of build with Roman Reigns. I haven't watched TNA Impact, and we haven't really even spoken about it in, in weeks. But last... No, 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 weeks. For me, it's been a little longer than weeks. All right. Uh, I think maybe since they've uh, been on Destination America, besides, like, one time. But, you know, uh, but I was... I DVR'd the show. Usually, I don't even get a chance to watch it nowadays. It's, space is filling up because i got so many so many shows I'm watching right now. Better Call Saul and a lot of other things. But... Um, which is really good. You should check it out if you haven't watched it. Yeah, I've been enjoying Better Call Saul. I, yeah, you guys should definitely check it out. It's very, very good. I've been enjoying it. The Mike episode on this past Monday was phenomenal. It's been one of the best hours of TV yes. I've seen in a while. But I this agree. drove me nuts. And I know that I'm overthinking and everything else. Maybe you'll agree with me. But TNA, it's a taped show. I, and when something is taped, you want to see production-wise things that have already been done to be done properly. And this drove me insane. I wasn't the only person who saw it because on Twitter I actually went and saw this and I retweeted somebody on the uh, on the Workshoot Pod uh, Twitter account, which everyone should look follow. At look at you put, putting us over, putting, a, putting the Twitter over. But all right, here we go. There's And this happened, I think, twice in the show. Not once, but twice. They had a three-way, three-way match for the next shot at last year's title in, I think, two weeks in, in London. Before they, like at the hour and 20 minute mark of the show, they go and they put a promo saying March 20th, TNA, biggest, one of the biggest matches in TNA history, Kurt Angle versus Bobby Lashley for the world title. Okay, let me, let me say that again. They promo March 20th, Lashley versus Kurt Angle for the world title. Now, the problem with that is, and they did this not once, but twice, as far as I saw. They may have done it a third time, but I'm going to say twice that I saw. The match that determined the number one contender hadn't happened yet. You had <laughs> Kurt, Bobby Roode, and Eric Young. Three guys, so you think you'd have a pretty good match, and everything goes on. You thought yeah. maybe it could be fun. And I haven't, and be, Jay, Jay wanted me not to read ahead on things as much anymore, so I try to stay away from the spoilers, so I don't know what's going on. I'm sitting there going, all right, TNA, they've had some interesting stuff this week. They had the Wolves had a good match before, you know, 
Eddie Edwards got hurt for the 400th time, or it was Dave Richards at this point. I don't know who got hurt this time. They had a good match with, you know, Taron Terrell and Awesome Kong, and they had some interesting stuff going on. And what what's the biggest thing to take you out of the moment, besides, you know, seeing some guy running across the screen possibly naked or something? You see a promo telling you, who's won your main event? <laughs> Come on! It, it sounds like TNA is up to its old tricks oh again. Oh, my God! <laughs> I mean, it's one thing where, you know, you promote stuff that's coming up for, you know, one segment, you know, a little bit earlier, saying next week you'll have a particular match. But this match is two weeks away. I know you want to pump up the match, get a good rating on Destination America because, you know, you want people to watch Ghost Hunters 473 or whatever, or Ice Fisherman Part 76, whatever the hell is on that network. All right, people, get ready. There's going to be an explicit tag because I just lost my godforsaken mind here. What the fuck is TNA Impact Wrestling or whatever the fuck they want to call themselves? What the fuck are they doing? Not once. Twice. We have yes. this worthless me piece that, me of shit. Language. Let's go, Corey. Worthless piece of shit programming, which now means that, you know, Eddie Z's kids can't most likely listen to this part of the podcast. I'm sorry to hear that. But what are you doing? Can we try to be a slightly competent, have a clue of what you're doing product? If this was a live show and you take this promo and someone pressed the wrong button and you aired the wrong promo in its place, I'll understand that. It's a taped fucking show! Taped. T-A-P-E. Taped fucking show. Okay, let me take a deep breath before I cough and, you know, lose my mind again. That pain in my eye. I, I, but, but you know what, Let me just interrupt you so you can kind of get yourself together. Taped! This is the problem. And this is the thing with OTNA is we, we talk about they have good wrestlers. They occasionally have pretty good storylines. But overall... We, we talk about the WWE, but it, it is it is the foundation of the company is a mess still. WWE doesn't do things like this. They've made errors and they've done some things that have you know, like put Batista stuff out there a little bit too early and they've done stuff. But this is such an egregious error to put to to ruin the main event of your show by promoting who won the match. It's out, it, Corey. It's so egregious and it's so outrageous, but it's impact. It, TNA Impact Wrestling. This is what they've been doing forever. They're on a new network, but they do the same stupid shit. Like it hasn't changed. And as long as they have the performance, they continue to have run that company. It's gonna be what it's gonna be. It's gonna have some good moments. You know, like MVP. I think has been really good from what I've seen from the. I still watch like the highlights and stuff, but. You know, MVP's been great from what I've seen. And, again, that was a waste from the WWE. They should have kept them, but whatever. Um, but overall, they still do these stupid things with their storylines. And they're going to continue to always... Now, their ratings actually went up this week from last week. Um, they kind of do, like, total ratings. Of the three so showings, yeah. Yeah, they count the, the original and then the replay. And counting the original and the replay, it was up from 500... 3,000 people to 583,000 people. That's a, you know, a large amount of people um, as far as new viewers. So who knows how much those numbers are skewed and all that. But, you know, the point is they're still going to get the people to watch the show no matter how bad it is. And, uh, Corey, I don't know. 
I don't know. You it, know what? It just, it's ridiculous. Maybe it's ridiculous. I'm wrong. If more people are watching, maybe they watch because they already knew who was going to win the main event. Not because they read the, the dirt sheets or the spoilers, but because they told them. They told them who was going to win. I never want to see anybody get fired. Not in my job, not in, you know, the, the common man, not a guy whose job is to, you know, to push a button when it's time to air a promo on TV. The common man? Who's the common man, Corey? Dusty Rhodes, baby. Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> He's just the common man. Anyway, go ahead. That's our, our, singing for the Our podcast. strength is not singing on this podcast. Um, <laughs> or in my case, you know, trying to do imitations, uh, which everyone can do with Dusty Rhodes and I can't. But um, I'm sorry. Quality, if you will, if you will. quality control, and I don't want, and quality control is not a freaking bad, you know, end of the road WCW gimmick that, you know, the Harris brothers may have had or whatever their, their title was, some sort of, you know, dumb, dumb gimmick with Vince Russo. But can we, can we get a little bit quality control? If this is a taped show, can we at least look to see, hmm. We're going to be airing this promo in segment six. Maybe we shouldn't air that before the end of the show because it follows the end of the fucking show. Oh, my God. I'm going to pop a blood vessel tonight. But very simply, all I have to say is, TNA, if you want me to continue watching as rarely as I do, when, uh, you know, when, I haven't, <laughs> when I don't have you know, two episodes of Justified and Gotham and Arrow and different stuff that is a lot more entertaining... On my DVR, and with Raw being three hours, so it takes up you know a good chunk of the DVR every week. You're gonna have to go and just use a little bit of common sense, just a small smidgen of common sense. Like I said, I thought things on that product that week. I thought Drew Galloway, who drew, who was Drew McIntyre in the WWE, thought he actually had some good babyface you know stuff going on there and all the different things. I thought it was a good show for the most part. But when you do stupid shit like that. You annoy people, even your diehards who defend this stupid fucking product get annoyed. At this point, I'm not even a diehard because I'm not even watching every week. But, Jay, before I, you know, lose any more of my blood, blood going to the brain, anything else you want to bring up this week that uh, tickled your fancy in the WWE or TNA, ROH? Anything going on? You know what's going to tickle my fancy? Eating if dinner? you guys... Go to our site, www.workshoot.podomatic.com. If you can go to our Twitter, at WorkshootPod. If you subscribe to us on iTunes, at the WorkShoot Wrestling Podcast, it would really tickle my fancy if you guys were to leave a review. And I may tickle your fancy if you leave us a review. So I, I won't do that. That's bad. But, um, yeah, please go to our Twitter, WorkshootPod. Our iTunes, uh, the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. Please leave a review. It, it really helps us. Um, our Facebook page, the Workshoot Podcast. A lot of different ways to get a hold of us. I didn't live tweet that much lately. I've been I, I've been a little busy myself um, with a couple of things, but I, I'll kind of get that geared up for the last couple of Raws before WrestleMania. And um, yeah, so please subscribe. You know, promote us. Let people know if you like the show. Let people know who are wrestling fans that you like the show. And um, thanks. And uh, I know that nobody cares, but you can follow me, Paladin808, on Twitter. And Jay usually does this, but I guess I'll do it this week. If you guys, it's getting nicer outside. 
especially New York. We actually hit, I think, 50 yesterday. Still got a little bit of a wind, wind field out there. But you may want to get some new uh, new threads. I think that's what the cool kids might be saying, threads still. Not sure what the proper would be. But some T-shirts now that you can get rid of those winter clothes. Get get a really cool shirt at punch, P-U-N-C.co, official sponsor of the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. Punch.co. And if you put in the promo code at checkout, shoot. S-H-O-O-T, in capital letters, once again, S-H-O-O-T, promo code at checkout, you'll get 15% off your total order, and with free, that's right, free worldwide shipping. Go there, they, uh, they'll love your business, we'll love the fact that you, uh, you supported us by going to something that we believe in, and um, as I told you earlier in the show, our, our buddies, uh, Eddie Z and Chris Wizard are back. Uh, they're going to be coming back, it looks like, uh, bi-monthly and doing uh, the Kitchen Sink Podcast. They came back with a solid first show. Uh, I believe they'll be back either this week or next week. If I hear more, I'll let people know on the uh, on the, on the Twitter machine, as Bully Ray used to say. Um, but for Jason Brooks, this is Corey Richmond. Thank you uh, for being patient with us. Sorry about not having a show last week. But we're back, and we're ready to rock this goddamn place. And TNA, get your shit together, because if I have to rant about something, I'd much rather rant on how much I love things than how much I hate them. Uh, Jay, the floor is yours. I think we're done here. See ya. Give me what it takes now. Three.